every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, you hear that? That's what home field sounds like. It's how you know it's time to go for the win. Gambet DC is your home field advantage for sports betting. Bet from almost anywhere in DC with an easy to use app and convenient betting locations district wide. Online, in app, or in person. Get the home field advantage with Gambet DC. Must be 18 or older to bet. Please play responsibly. podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday edition of the show. We're recording this at 10, 11 a.m. on a Friday morning, and Kyle Krabs is under a tornado warning until 10, 15. So we've got four minutes here until you're out of the clear. Don't you ever let anybody question my commitment to the podcast. <laughs> Listen, I didn't even shelter in place. Wow. I'm upstairs. I'm on the third floor of my house right now. Uh, excuse me, the third floor of my mom's basement, since that's where I'm right. told I, I live based on the, the trolls on the Internet. Uh, yeah, so we had tornado warnings in my area yesterday, had no idea, um, put my phone in the other room for like an hour and a half so that I could get some work done and not be distracted. Went and picked it up, had 48 missed text messages from family members <laughs> wondering if not I was OK. Though. Brother, I had no idea. I didn't know there was a thing going on. I knew it was raining outside. And that was about all I understood. Imagine watching the news and having um, a, a warning that something like this was happening. Could not be me. And imagine watching television for anything other than tape. <laughs> I, I, you're exactly right. I don't watch crap on TV. Because all that's on TV is crap. Weird how that works. Yeah. My household's been inundated with The Bachelor as of late. Are you? There were two episodes of The Bachelor this week, if you're if you're interested. You watching this? I go up. My wife is a religious Bachelor viewer. So I will go up and we'll sit in the bedroom and watch it on the TV. And I have my headphones on, my laptop in my lap. And I only pick up enough to make condescending comments about how outrageous and stupid the entire premise of the show is probably every two minutes just to kind of water down her experience. Has she always been in on it? Because I thought there yes. was, okay, there was one season where my wife and I got in on it and we never really, yeah, that's because Mike Renner was, yeah, in that on. was the series. And then I, I bailed as soon as Mike was gone. And then I looked on the internet and found the spoilers and moved on with my life. Right. And it was, it was, uh, the, uh, Becca Kaufman, uh, that was her name. And Garrett was the winner, I guess. Winner. Oh, is that what I you get? You win. Know. I don't know. They have done a wonderful job of becoming, uh, Instagram celebrities. And they just do like, um, they're like travel the world all the time and do like uh, sponsored ads on all these different products. So yeah. amazing yeah. job it, that you got to stay together, right? Because you lose your appeal if you guys break up, but man, what a great no, job. of leverage. I think from a few. I think from a female's perspective, if you hit the open market again, I could argue you'd help your brand even more. Sure. For her, for him, he's done. Yeah, Garrett's Garrett's done. done. You better make it work. You you are, you are, you're in a, you're in a good place, but brother, you better play the game. So 
man, that's what's that's ironically, that's how my love life would probably be described as well. If I screw this one up, I'm right. done. Yeah. Just live in, live in the film cave and be a film mm-hmm. hermit the rest of my life. You found, you found the one that will deal with you. Nicely done. Yes. Yeah. That's correct. Very good. Okay. Football time. Yeah. Football time. Let's talk about somebody who's not willing to deal with somebody any longer. How about that oh, segue? Joe? Beautiful. NFL analyst Michael Lombardi wrote this week for The Athletic that the Raiders, for all their messages about Loving Car, I'm going to read this synopsis from RaidersBeat.com that provides the SparkNotes version of what Lombardi wrote about Carr and the Raiders. For all their messages about Loving Car, the Raiders have been working behind the scenes to find a replacement. Lombardi has written several times about the disconnect between Carr and Raiders head coach John Gruden, and this quarterback market is too tempting for Gruden to ignore. Carr has trade value, which is why everyone from the Raiders always says beautiful things about his future when speaking publicly, but Carr has, quote, no future in Las Vegas, and Gruden will do everything in his power to fix the position. What the hell is going on here? Okay. This, I, 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 I don't know where to start. Um, okay, so first of all, yes, there has been this perception, if you're outside the organization, just kind of observing the Raiders, that they are in love with Derek Carr. I mean, we watched them on Hard Knocks last uh, last summer, and you know, it was definitely it felt like a love affair between Carr and Gruden. And um, it's interesting to me. I mean, if there's something about this quarterback market that makes Gruden, you know, kind of have a wandering eye, if you will, who do you think it is? I mean, if he's going to get rid of Derek Carr, what veteran is he after, or is there some belief that he has? what it takes to move up in the draft. I know they have two first round picks, but I mean, are they really going to go move up for a quarterback and then not pick again to like the third round? I think they'd have to double dip. You'd have to move car. You'd have to sign a vet and, and draft somebody. So there's three, there's three layers to this. Let's start with where does car go? That's a great question. I have no freaking clue. Carolina. Could be. That's a really interesting team that I did not make that correlation with Chicago. Chicago was the first one that came to mind, but Chicago has repeatedly just beat the drum that Mitch is the guy. And with all due respect to all parties involved, how much of an upgrade are you getting in car? I think Carr's a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky at this point in time. Right. But what does Carr bring you that is such a clear upgrade over Trubisky? Carr, I think he's just a more complete player than Trubisky. Right, but where's the clear upgrade? Are you going to bring in Derek Carr and all of a sudden your team's going to win 11 games next year? Well, I think that's the challenging thing for the Bears without a first-round pick. And, you know, like, what is their what is their course? Is this something where they can, you know, they have two second-round picks. Does that get it done for Carr? I'm just saying, like, their course to upgrade and, and really challenge Trubisky, it feels a little bit challenging based on you know, what are they going to sign Philip Rivers. I mean, what are we doing here? They don't want to. They don't want to challenge Trubisky. He's their guy. They've said. Okay, so what about Indianapolis as a suitor that you part with pick thirty three and get yourself uh, Derek Carr? Is Derek Carr going to get you? I mean, do you get a first round pick for for Derek Carr? Does I mean Sam Bradford got a one from the Vikings. Right. I mean, did, right. And look like, look at what smoke and Jay Cutler got you like a decade ago. <laughs> right. 
So, I mean, Carr should get you a first round pick. But if Indy's got 34 and they give up like a five or a six, is that enough? Could I mean, they could do like a pick swap too, the Colts and Raiders like that. Now, Galaxy Brain just happened. Boom. Let's go. What if they did get a first for Derek Carr? And now all of a sudden the Raiders have 12, 19, and another first round pick. Now we can really talk about this team actually could make some noise and trade up for a quarterback. Well, yeah, they certainly could. The challenge is they have to, you know, they're whoever's trading back is going to have to be willing to go to 12. So there's some, some dynamics there, but I think, okay, do you think the Indianapolis Colts should give up Are they picking 12 or I thought it was like 14, something like that. 13. Where is it? No, Colts, Colts pick 13. Okay. 13. Okay. Should the Colts give up 13? If they're going to sit there and draft, hope to get like Herbert or love or something like that, would they be better served trading that pick for Derek Carr? No, I'm not a big age truther, but we do need to consider Derek Carr's going to be 29 this year. I'm not concerned with that at all. Quarterbacks play for a long time now. I understand that, but if you believe in the prospect, you're cutting eight years of prime peak physical play out by going with a guy who's kind of been capped. You're in a quarterback friendly offense. Well, I mean, the the Colts also have like the top three cap space in the open market this year. You know, can definitely be aggressive with some stuff there. And like they're gonna have to give up more than 13 to get Herbert, or they can take their chances with love. I mean, if I think if the pro I think if the proposition is Jordan Love or Derek Carr, I would want Derek Carr. Because he's established, he can play. Love is really enticing skills. Would I be surprised to see Gruden like Jordan Love? No. Get a vet and Jordan Love, and that's his quote unquote fix for the position. Because he's Gruden, remember when Gruden came to Tampa Bay, they won the Super Bowl, and then he tore this team down because he wanted to build the team in his likeness, in his vision. This feels like something of the same thing here. He wants to pick his guy and build up his guy to be able to say he that's how he turned the Raiders around. All right, let's let's continue this here in just a minute. But first of all, we talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves and so much more like sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and using Calm with 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. 
I can't think of a better endorsement for a product than LeBron James. <laughs> right. I want to do what that guy's doing. Like right? if it's good enough for LeBron, like, okay, sign me up. But is car good enough for Gruden, brother? What's, what, I mean, we got to get to, <sighs> what, what, what are we getting to here? Is this going to happen? What do you think's happening here? I would not put the chaos past the Raiders. I have a, I, I can definitely see this happening. I had not considered Carolina. Carolina is a fascinating, to me, potential solution to where Carr goes. You feel like he's a fit for Brady's offense? Sure. I mean, he can make every throw, so you you, you naturally kind of believe in that. And I mean, he's what what was the concern with Carr coming out of Fresno? Well, I mean, going from Fresno and a big jump in competition, right? And yeah, but but the 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 offense that he played, yeah, it was just spread. Just, just get the ball out. Okay, what Joe Burrow do this year at LSU? Man, I think it was more concept based. They spread it out, and Burrow pre-snap found mismatches. Right, but there was, and that's why he feasted so much. There was so much patience and like ability to work the pocket and like vertical passing that. I mean, I think it'd be fine for Carr, and and maybe there's some simplicity that he can benefit from going, getting away from Gruden, who I'm sure puts a lot on you mentally to, you know, kind of process yep. things post snap. Whereas he can get a lot of that work done pre snap and and distribute the football more consistently. Could this be another Ryan Tannehill situation? Could we see Carr get out of Oakland and suddenly like blossom a little bit? I like Carr as a quarterback better than Tannehill, so. So do yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. just more there, and i th- I think we could, I think you and I are kind of, you know, grinning a little bit here, thinking about him in Carolina. Even though it's yes. something we just made up, we don't have any sources here. It's just trying to think of destinations, and that's that's the spot I would love to see him go. So, what does Carolina have to offer? Oh, thirty-seven. Yeah, you're not giving them seven for nope car. Now, what if Galaxy Brain just happened again? Do 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 do. What if Carolina trades down first? I've been a proponent of that, of that for a while. Carolina trades down first with Oakland and involves Carr in the trade down so Oakland can get up to seven. So a pick swap in 37. How about that? Ooh, Joey. Let's get weird. Let's do and that. Hell, that pick swap could be. What do they pick? Is it nineteen? Oh, they got twelve and nineteen. I mean, it could be nineteen. Uh, that's where I would, if I'm Mayock and I'm having those negotiations. You know, I want to see if if they'll go from seven to nineteen. Give me thirty-seven. You get Derek Carr. And Carolina at nineteen would still be in good shape to get potentially one of the top safeties. They can get a good corner. So they- then, so then Oakland would still have. Seven and twelve in your proposed trade. They'd have seven, twelve, thirty-seven. Yeah. Yep. That's the deal. Lock it in. Because then they can move up again if they wanted to. Right. And they they could get in front of the Chargers if they want Herbert. And let's not forget Nate Peterman's waiting in the wings if they need to buy a season. Stop it. <laughs> Jeez, let's move on. Let's move on to Melvin Gordon, Kyle. You and I had a really fun conversation about Melvin Gordon. Before yesterday's pod, and and yeah, we did the pod yeah, before the we've, pod again. We've only done that a few thousand times, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's he's a fascinating player. I mean, you and I have had some some, I guess, disagreements when it comes to Melvin Gordon on this podcast before. 
uh, because I was really high on him coming out of 2018 where I thought he was really, really outstanding in terms of creating yards for himself. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that that Chargers offensive line has not done him any favors. And I really loved what he showed in 2018. Now, he tried to parlay that into uh, a big uh, contract extension going into the season and even held out for a while. And the Chargers just Whoops. just sat back and said, not good. Yeah, we're, we're good, man. Austin Eckler is out here balling. Uh, you can just stay, you know, stay uh, putting your videos on Twitter of you going on the treadmill with the Chargers helmet on. We're good. And see, he winds up coming back and he's not anywhere near the player he was last year. And so now Melvin Gordon is a free agent and spot rack um, estimates that he's going to get a contract with an average salary of $11.7 million a year, which is a lot of money, Kyle, right? We don't, we we don't want to pay running backs that type of money, because if you look over the landscape of running backs, get paid lots of money, like in their second contract. It's a pretty poor resume of players, including the likes of, you know, David Johnson and Devonta Foreman and Todd Gurley and who else? Le'Veon Bell, guys that just aren't really justifying their paydays in the amount of cap space that they command. And so someone's going to sign Melvin Gordon and maybe the team, the league collectively will, you know, define his market by pushing back if he's going to demand around $12 million a season, right? I mean, you're only worth what somebody's willing to pay you. And if nobody gives you that, well, then guess what? You're not getting anything. So, you know, I can see that coming down a bit because of some apprehension across the league, especially with a strong running back class. I mean, we do mock drafts. It's a hard time slotting all these good running backs. So if I'm a team in the market for a running back, I I think a lot about the cheaper, younger options in the draft. But here's the, the where it comes back interesting to me. And this is where you and I kind of had some disagreement. And I certainly understand where you're coming from, but I think the Miami Dolphins are a team that should look really hard at bringing in Melvin Gordon. First of all, because I would personally love it because of the reaction I'm getting right now just on the idea that he's brought in as the running back for the Miami Dolphins. But the Dolphins have tons and tons of draft picks. They have tons and tons of needs. And I want to use as many of my draft picks on premium positions and not have to worry about a running back. Miami Dolphins have the most cap space available in the NFL right now. If you give Melvin Gordon $10 million a season, you're still going to have like the second most cap space in the league. It doesn't restrict anything that you're going to do moving forward. Melvin Gordon has proven that he can catch the football, which is going to be a big deal for Chan Gailey. And here's the deal. You're going to get a young quarterback this offseason to build the offense around. Give him a veteran running back instead of a rookie running back so that you have a basic understanding that that guy, that veteran, knows where to line up, that's going to get their job done in pass pro, and you're not having two rookies, two really inexperienced players in the backfield. I think it's the best thing for that young quarterback. I think you can get whatever's left in the tank for Melvin Gordon, and you have the right situation where I think the risk to pay him that money makes sense more than other destinations. Joe, did you know that Gordon played the same amount of games in 2019 as he did in 2018? 12, yeah. Yeah, 12. Uh, Rushing yardage down. Touchdowns down. Yards per carry down. Targets down. Receptions down. Receiving yards down. Yards per catch down. Receiving touchdowns down. I, I, that's that can't be your case because I can go seventeen to eighteen and I can go up 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 across the board and everybody knows the Chargers were a team that was in complete shambles last year with their injuries and you know especially in the offensive line and Gordon, how are you gonna 
pay a guy $12 million for pass protection and 3.8 yards per carry. Oh, gosh. You're smarter than he's averaged less. He's averaged less than four yards per touch four of his five seasons in the NFL. Yeah, you're really you're really uh, banking on those three point nines and sixteen and seventeen to make sure that number works under four. Three point five, three point nine, three point nine, five point one, three point eight. A career average of four. A career average of four on the behind a bunch of bum offensive linemen. Guess what? He's got bum offensive linemen in Miami. He'd probably be the third best pass blocker on the team, including the offensive lineman. You want to get a shiny new first round running back or one that we think is valued in the first round. You want to put J.K. Dobbins behind the Miami Dolphins offensive line to start his career. I would rather take that $12 million and throw an extra $6 million on top of it and try and sign Yannick Agakwe or Jadavion Clowney. Somebody could actually make a difference on the team. You can still do both. I I could sign any crumb bum off the street and get me 3.8 yards per carry, Joe. You still have a running back. I can back sign problem. anybody to do it. Okay, then who are you gonna who's this anybody? You want to sign who? I don't know. Chris, we did this yesterday. Chris Ivory, Frank talk? Gore. Sure. Why not? Uh, Isaiah Crowell. Is that the is that yeah. these Wow. I don't know, man. There's nothing restrictive about it. The Dolphins can do everything they want to do this offseason, still pay Melvin Gordon, and not have to use a premium pick on a running back. I'm not proposing using a premium pick on a running back. If they take a if they take a running back before 40, it's a failure in my eyes. But if you use 56 or 70 on a running back, at that point you're expecting to get a starting running back and you're not you're paying him 10 million dollars less per year than what you would pay Melvin Gordon and the only difference that you're going to get in production is pass pro. We've seen the Miami Dolphins and- do this. Kalen Balage, Daniel Thomas, uh, pick better players. Do we need to go through the resume of all the good running backs that go late or go I, on I day two? There's just as many that don't pan out. I'm just saying the infrastructure for the Dolphins to add Melvin Gordon makes sense. And I'm just saying it'd be a waste of money. A waste of money that doesn't impact anything. <sighs> We're going to come back and talk about another running back in just a moment. Need to pause for some sponsor recognition, and we'll be right back to talk about the L.A. Rams and Todd Gurley. Okay, Joe, I've cooled off a little bit. (laughs) Not a lot, but a little bit. Can't wait for you to get that Melvin Gordon jersey. I say you get the orange one, you know? They don't have orange jerseys anymore. Get one custom made on NFL.com. No. What number is he going to wear? 25? You should just put an anchor on him. All right, let's talk about Todd Curley. Rumors are swelling that the LA Rams could be interested in trading Todd Gurley this offseason. 18 months, less than two years at this point, after signing him to a four-year, $57.5 million record-setting contract extension, Joe. When they signed him, to this contract extension. Do you know what year he was in in his rookie deal? He might, what two? He had had to be three years in, right? He was entering year four of his rookie yeah. deal, and then he played this last year on his fifth year extension. So this year coming up, the twenty twenty one season will be the first season of the Ooh. actual contract extension, and they're already looking to get out. Wait, you're kidding, right? No, I'm not. You're kidding. 
He is under contract through the end of the 2023 season. What was 20, the 21, 22, 23. What the hell was the inspiration to do the deal like that? Paid him. They, they wanted to pay him because he was producing, which I, it's almost uh, like paying running backs for what they've produced in the past is a bad idea. Are we saying, are we going to sit here and say that Todd Gurley's cooked at 25 years old? He's cooked. Well, here's the deal. Todd Gurley's trainer over the summer this past year already made a public admission that he's dealing with an arthritic component in his knee. That was nine months ago, whatever, eight months ago. And then he comes out this year and has his, statistically speaking, worst season, hear me out, ever, including 2016. He had more rushing yards in 2016. He had less touchdowns, but that's it. He was more productive in the past game. He had 254 touches this year, 4.2 yards per touch. And he's 25 years old, and through five NFL seasons, Todd Gurley has 1,483 touches from scrimmage. An average of almost 300 touches per season. And he's 25 years old with an arthritic component in his knee, which is a complication of that traumatic knee injury that he suffered at Georgia. He had the most um, most forced missed tackles of his career last year, at least. In 2019? Yeah, believe it or not, 43, the most he's ever had. He also, man, he he didn't look like himself. No, he didn't. I would argue. No, no he didn't. I mean, and you and I are used to watching him uh, just – blow the socks off of sec defenses right and like what he was early in his career and um uh say hello to my dogs who are greeting uh, a package that's most likely being delivered right now uh but yeah i mean i i did not realize i knew they signed up to that extension kyle but i did not realize that it was something that <laughs> that kicked in starting this year and they're on the hook for a lot i mean there's no reasonable way to get out of this deal in terms of like the cap hit versus dead cap situation until really after 2021 well, and listen to some of these this this written in language into his contract. Uh, Todd Gurley on March twentieth, two thousand and twenty, when he's on the roster, whatever roster he's on, is going to trigger a five million dollar roster bonus that's fully guaranteed for the following year. Who's gonna? Nobody's so if, taking this, right? So if he's on, if he's under contract, whatever team he's under contract for on March twentieth, will automatically trigger five million guaranteed dollars into the twenty twenty one salary cap. He has a seven and a half million dollar roster bonus for this year that the Rams are already on the hook for that triggered and guaranteed on March fifteenth of last year. The Rams owe him over thirteen million dollars in guaranteed cash this year. If they trade him, whoever takes him is going to be on the hook for that $13 million in cash in 2020 as a 26-year-old with an arthritic knee and 1,500 touches from scrimmage. When Coming I, off the worst year of his career. What I just heard you describe. Oh, and by, oh, and by the way, when you, if you have him by March 20th, you're going to be on the hook for another $5 million guaranteed next year too. Here's the deal. What you just described to me, 
is a big mistake that the Rams made. And here's what they have to do. They have to cut him. Because there's no way that you can put yourself on the hook for all those escalators. So it's not like you can just sit here and wait out this contract. Because if you wait out the contract and just keep him around, you're just locking yourself into more money every damn year. And nobody's going to take on this contract. What other courses? If the Rams are to trade him and you get a team that's willing to eat the $13 million in cap and then trigger into the $9 million between the base salary and the roster bonus that he's going to be due next year. A team is going to be signing up if they trade him and they take him for two years before he's uh, quote-unquote cuttable, right? You're signing up for $11 million over two years, effectively fully guaranteed money over two years to trade for him. The Rams will be on the hook for a $12.6 million dead cap for 2020 if they traded him for a prorated signing bonus of $4.2 million over each of the next three years. I feel like the only way you're going to trade him is to take on more of that $13 million he's owed by the next team that takes him. And if you get into that situation, you're paying, effectively speaking, as much money to be rid of him as you would to keep him. And the only thing that you're going to get is a day three pick. Nobody's going to give you anything of value for this. It's the worst contract in football, huh? It's a mess. And they they really boned themselves here. They've got training camp bonuses <laughs> in 2022 and 2023. He'll be long gone off the Rams by that point. But at, uh, uh, any other team that picks him up, if you have him on the roster for training camp, you automatically own $4 million guaranteed money. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what, that was making, that's what was why I had the initial response that I had. It's just like, you're just going to sit here and pay all these escalators. No one's going to absorb them. And it's not even performance-based. It's just be on the roster the third day yeah. of the league year or be on the roster for training camp starting in 2022. Yeah, bizarre. Whoever takes this contract will be done with him by the end of 2021, no questions asked. If you, but I don't know how you're going to facilitate a trade unless you eat some of the cash, and you're only saving $4.5 million if you trade him to begin with. Yeah, but I, that $4.5 million may mean something for the Rams, who kind of up against the cap a bit here, and they're going to have right. a lot of holes. They, they can't afford to eat the cash because they got to sign all these guys and they got to address the offense. It's like the fourth round pick that they could probably get for Todd would be really valuable because they have so little cap space or so little draft capital, but you'd probably have to pay it down to get a fourth. And now you've lost the cap space. That's the appealing reason to trade Todd in the first place. The Rams needed to win the Super Bowl in 2018. They did. That had to happen. And it did not. Nope. So, good luck to the Rams. The prospect of trading Todd Gurley. I don't envy you trying to get the stars aligned there. Uh, good luck to Melvin Gordon getting the, I believe he was holding out for like 13 plus million because he was pointing to the Le'Veon Bells of the world and David Johnson's of the world. You ain't going to get that. Not in this class. Um, Derek, not in this Derek market. Henry said he wanted it. Zeke's contract was the floor in an interview that I listened of his last week. So the only team that pays him that, in my opinion, is Tennessee. And Tennessee, because you do know it. it, 
because you know it would work there. I'm not doing it if I'm Tennessee. And you can't possibly get cute with your guaranteed money the way the Rams did. <laughs> nope. Poor Todd Gurley. He's like a been a good player. And I, I would love for him to like for us to look back at this discussion in four years and be like, man, he was one of the best backs in the league. And this is going to be kind of like a a cloud over him moving forward. It's not going to be about him being good enough on the right. field because he never will be now. It's tough because right. it's, 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 it's impossible to live up to right. that. He's, he's a good player, and he, it's, you hate to see it kind of come to this. But he's going to be a wealthy man. He's got generational wealth for his family. So hat tip to you for that. Yeah, between that and the Hulu, right? <laughs> yeah, I just. Every time I turn on my TV, Todd Gurley's on there plugging Hulu's got live. Sports. I got, I've got Hulu now. We got it yesterday. So <laughs> yep. you did. Yep. Congrats. Yep. Cut the cord. Hulu people now in my house. Oh, we're YouTube TV people over here in my household. Yeah. Well, we'll compare notes after we've had a inventory of. Yeah. Let's cross reference. Yeah. Yep. You should be draft dudes people in your household. But thank you guys for tuning in. And listening, we hope you enjoy the weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Maybe get into some prospect conversation. Maybe we get a really cool domino that falls across the league landscape over the weekend that we could talk about. Who knows? But hit subscribe. Come on back and see us. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.